Hey, 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 welcome to Unmasked Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, LaRonda. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Y'all all right? I hope all is well with y'all. Um, Today, I have a guest on. We doing new things. What's up? What's up? I got my guest, my girl, Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, sis. How are you? I'm good. Just really excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited you're here. I'm excited that you came on. you like my first guest. Like, oh. literally. <laughs> My first guest to be on or whatever. What's your mail been on? But <laughs> but he don't count. Yeah, he don't really count because, you know, <laughs> they know him, but they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, We're yeah. not going to do your mail. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, I have been knowing Tony for a long time. Yeah. Like, y'all know my best friend Taylor. They are cousins. cousins. First, first cousins. cousins. Look, yes. I'm like, not second, not third. First, our mamas are sisters. Yes, deep in there, okay? <laughs> So, yes, this is my girl, whatever. So, yes, I'm so glad she's on. And she's fire, y'all. Like, the girl is doing things, okay? Um, she is a social worker, a writer, poet, author, and a co-founder of Safe Space. I'm pretty sure she got a lot more other things <laughs> under her belt as well or whatever. So, let the, let the people know about you. Like, give them some tea about you, who you are. Some tea. Well, yeah. <laughs> say I, I appreciate you I, I do acknowledge that I, I wear a lot of hats um, but I think a lot of it is just rooted in trying to to be honest just be a good person yeah right? and so I you've known me forever I was always the awkward cousin in the back <laughs> with the glasses down reading her books right um, and so now it's been fun to see in adulthood I am now the cousin that is writing her own books yes. so, uh, two things that I'm exceptionally proud of is to have self-published um Two books of poetry, so In Search of Freedom in 2021 and then Identity Crisis in yes. 2022. Um, yeah, so I fancy myself a poet. Um, this year, the Lord has blessed me to really get way more speaking opportunities, so I'm excited about that because okay. I've been able to share my poetry. Um, so yeah, I would classify myself right now as, as a poet, um, as an author, but then I think the uh, also the one thing that I'm super proud of that you mentioned earlier um, is being a co-founder in Safe Space Sundays yeah. um, with um, both of our friends, uh, Rocco Bolt. So we host Safe Space Sunday every Sunday from 2 to 4. Um, I facilitate a conversation, and it's just bringing, it's brought he and I immense joy and pleasure to just see how these beautiful professionals and college students, uh, we come together, we just have a conversation, yeah. and we're able to network, we're able to laugh, sometimes we're able to cry, but all of it is rooted in authenticity. And yeah. so that's something I'm exceptionally proud of um, because I get to bump into wonderful people like yourself you. um, <laughs> who have created these platforms, right, to amplify voices and narratives. And so, yeah, yeah. that's a little bit about me. Yes, so dope. I love you. You are dope. You are dope and you're doing the damn thing. What led you to become a social worker? Like, let's start from the beginning because I know, like, you've been a social worker for a minute. So what led you to um, just want to be a social worker? Well, in college, I kept flunking Bio 1305. <laughs> And I know everyone is like, um, you know, I would love to be those people, my coworkers, my peers that are social workers. They like, I knew from the time I was 10 that I wanted to advocate yeah. for people. And I knew that I love kids and I wanted to. And it's like, although, yes, I, I have always had a big mouth and I have always cared about other people. Um, I kind of fell into social work. So when I was in college and I was finishing up my undergrad degree, um, a very important person to me, she worked in the multicultural affairs. That entire department 
uh, they took me under their wing and they ensured that I had those short-term needs to mm-hmm. graduate successfully from Baylor. Okay. And I didn't know what was next. I wasn't sure about what I'd gone to school for. I didn't know if I could get a job right away. Yeah. And so to be quite honest, um, she said, you know what? You have a lot of different skills. You can write pretty well. You're good with relationship building. You're passionate. Um, and you're already doing a lot of like volunteer work. Have you ever thought about being a social worker? And I said, like, homegirl, I'm precious. <laughs> I <laughs> cannot <laughs> No, like, seriously. No, don't play me, since you know Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's role on precious. Like, when I thought of social worker, I thought of yeah. them going down to the, to the, you know, the office and Mariah looking just sad. Yeah, you know, like, just wore out. Just wore out. <laughs> like okay yes well yes social workers do tend to work you know for the government and cps and stuff my husband is a social so her husband was a social worker he'd done some school-based social work he'd done some stuff uh he just done different things with it yeah so i looked into it and i was like okay um i finished the program in two years i met some really cool people i did a research project my end of the year project it was titled um why are all the black boys uh, sitting together? Something along those lines. Uh-huh. And it was because I had interned on a campus and I had noticed that pretty much everyone that was getting in trouble on the campus were African-American male boys. Uh-huh. Um, and it wasn't that they were just doing like outrageous things. It was just not trying to say boys being boys because we know how triggering that statement yeah. is. But it was just dawning on me how like, wow, they make up such a small population of this campus, but they're the main ones getting in trouble. And so I had created like this boys group that ended up meeting for two months. I found different black males out in the community. Yeah. I got the campus to pay for the lunch and they came okay. in and they just shared like almost like a pre-safe space. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, you yeah, see, you're already yeah, working ahead so of time. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but I saw like the positive outcomes of like behavior went down. Um, the excitement of the boys knowing that, oh, this lunch, they're going to get to hear from X amount of person. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I think I like school-based social work. And so that's how I got a job in the after-school setting. And I love it, sis. I I think social work is cool if you know you love people Mm -hmm. and you're willing to learn a little about a lot of different things, right? So if you're willing to know kind of how people work, but you don't want to go super duper in depth like psychology, social work's good. If you're looking at, you want to know how groups work, but you don't want to go in depth like sociology social work is like that practical skill set to know how to lead so you know with safe space that's us having conversations but you practice facilitating i feel like a social worker i say that in multiple (laughs) and a lot of people with social work degrees they do so much like i work for a nonprofit. and a lot of us at the senior leadership level we actually have our masters in social work like And we're skilled at like nonprofit work and things like that. So if you're interested in working with people and you want something, I think that's going to give you a lot of like hard skills, but not go too in depth. I think people should get their masters in social work. And I think it would teach them a lot of different like writing, public speaking, putting together presentations, looking for problems and then trying to figure out how to use people to get the desired results. Well, that I love it. I really do. That's dope. And it fits you because that's why I want to know like why, like what led you to social work or whatever just seeing what you're doing now whatever it's like hmm what's the beginning what, what was that like yeah, or whatever no, flunking <laughs> like all of us yeah, all of us right 
I was nobody's. I was nobody's like star student. Like I was. I think I would say I was pretty smart allegedly in like high school. Like I made good grades. Yeah. And then getting to Baylor. Baylor was just very rigorous. It didn't matter what your degree was. Yeah. And um, I hear. That's, that's when I realized like oh maybe I'm not as smart as people <laughs> have said that I was. And so social work to me was the first time where I was like. Oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy, like, oh, those concepts make sense. I can see myself doing that. Like, and I thought of it, I thought originally that I would be like someone's therapist. And I'm not saying that's off the table. I'm just saying that originally I was like, oh, I'm going to get my license clinical social work and I'm going to have a caseload and I'm going to work independently with people. But then I realized like, oh, I actually like, we call it macro work. So like looking at like broader perspective, looking at how systems work Mm. and figuring out how to use those systems to add to take away those that historically privilege from him and make like better access for yes. all. So, yeah. I love that. Y'all need to, well, so you say you work <laughs> after school because let me tell you, I've been struggling with this educational system. Like, uh, tell me more about that. Girl, I just feel like the system, I don't know. It's just, and mind you, I'm only one year in, well, two year. My daughter's okay. a first grade, but I just feel like it's so backwards. Like the way that they, teach kids I guess you can say and you know they say it starts at home but I feel like they are in my opinion how I raised my child it's stripping that away from her like you're trying to teach her one way versus like navigating okay this is how she learns this is how she grows and let's develop in that or whatever I feel like she's not getting it and it may be because yeah they got a lot of kids so they can't focus on all kinds of kids and Jaylee's super smart but I want her to know why something applies versus oh that's just it I'm like no teach her like I don't think she's being taught but I don't think she's being taught because I honestly don't believe the teachers don't know the new system like especially after COVID um like you were saying kids not knowing how to read like that blew my mind because I counsel a couple teachers and they have said yeah their third and fourth graders don't know how to read and I'm like and they say it with a chest like yeah with a, with a, I mean like it's understood yeah, yeah like and I'm like what I'm like well Jaylee knows how to read like I should be saying big words I ain't even know how yeah. to say at the time or whatever so it's just like and I I be telling Jeremy I don't know if I'm fighting like because she's she's excelling well but I also want her to be challenged or whatever like I feel like she should not not be challenged because she's doing super great but no like continue to challenge her because these are years matter like develop her mind and then it's also a people thing like I don't feel like they kind or whatever as well so they I know teachers are overworked I know they're tired a lot of people a lot of teachers don't even want to teach anymore or whatever because of the system like I've talked to principals and they flexed up with the system and everything so I'm just like yeah it it doesn't make sense to me it just doesn't like I'm like why can't we just start with the basics like it's first grade one plus one is two and learn and grow from there versus like trying to um I feel like they taking out processes let me say that they taking out processes on just actual development it's like no you either get it or you don't versus actually developing their minds in my opinion so you know since i will say we are and you're seeing a lot more i think people that are saying how passionate they are of like all this change right but all this change outside of the home and my recommendation granted i'm not married i don't have any children yet but i think from what I can see, if mm-hmm. I could afford for one parent to be at home and not saying necessarily like homeschool a child, but to just like go above and beyond to yeah. make sure that their and student yeah. is getting what like their child is getting what they need outside of school time. 
Girl, I would recommend that because public school system has well-meaning people. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. I still, to this day, like yeah. I'm not gonna let bad apples spoil. And that's what I was like. Oh, we just it had bad apples this year. <laughs> but the system in which, like, the standardized testing, mm-hmm. um, standardized testing really is the big one because I can't give your baby what she needs if I'm so concerned about. Um, the success, the measurement of the success of me as a human and as an educator is based upon how she does on that exam. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I say if you are someone that can afford for one person to a lot additional, like one hour to two hours a week or even a day, making sure that your student is getting additional like academic and social things, I encourage that because the schoolhouse is no longer, and maybe it never did, I don't know. Yeah. But it's no longer providing all of the things that your student is going to need. And to that's succeed. what I'm realizing. And I'm so like, it's on what? us. Yeah. I know it sounds sad, but it's like it is on us to make sure that while, yes, I'm out here advocating for everybody else, my child is going to get the best of what I can yeah. make sure, you know. And I always take time to give reverence and thanks to my parents because they encouraged me. So I I did Mm -hmm. always like to read. And so my parents did buy me books for Christmas and they paid the money for B2B and tumbling and acrobatics and soccer and sports and dance and whatever my little fancy was. Or even if I wasn't interested in it, they paid the money for me to just simply be exposed. Yeah, to to something. Yeah. And as parents, I think that if you are going to do your due diligence and make these human beings come onto this earth because they didn't ask to To be be here. here. Yep. Then you need to in turn try your best to give them Every, all uh, the tools to, yeah, the so they can navigate tools, so yes. that they can navigate in adulthood. I do. Yes. And, and them just you sending them to school four days a week Mm-mm. or five days a week between That's eight not, and three, it's, it's not gonna give them the building blocks I think that they need to be yeah, I agree. humans to think for themselves, yeah. right, and to create opportunities and connection with other people. I agree. Mm-hmm. I I challenge Jay Lee so like even with her emotions, like you're doing what she thinking, like I'm always challenging her because i'm like well why are you doing it well what makes you think that and you know what i'm saying like i need to know why a b and c and i feel like i have taught her like i'm like i might as well keep you home because i am literally teaching you like might as well keep you home but i digress let's move on <laughs> so girl girl all day I went, when i tell you i'm like why am i forgot i went all the way to the superintendent and it's been so crazy because she was in private it. school at first and then we that didn't worry so we girl it's been a, it's been a year you but gotta do what you gotta do for your babies i can't tell you what that looks like I yeah just, I you just, just gotta roll you, keep, with keep yeah. trying to figure it out yeah that's true that's true so you a published author and everything yeah, that's, what they too. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i heard in them streets okay yeah, yeah. so okay what led you to write in the freedom like what made you write that? Like what what was your desire to just get out there and like you know I'm gonna write this book? Yeah. So In Search of Freedom came out in 2021. In 2020 was when COVID really hit the fl- hit the fan and impacted mm. my life. So March happened. Went on break for spring break. I remember this is when I was a social worker in the after school setting. So we went into spring break, uh-huh. and then we never came out of spring break until like June. Yeah. Um. So once I realized that I was not gonna be fired from my job because that was my first thought. I'm like, oh, if they're not having school, they dang sure not gonna pay me mm-hmm. a grant funded after school program yeah. person to work. But anyway, the Lord blessed me to continue to have income. My staff to continue to have income, and um. I started to think if we never come out of this, 
what is it that I always said I wanted to do and I never did? Mm. And, you know, I had been posting my poetry on my social media accounts. Every now and again, I would perform other people's poetry out loud. Yeah. And I realized... I have not been living up to my potential. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have books in me. I feel like my poetry is good enough to where I can compile it um, in a nice way yeah. and put some type of a monetary number on it and, and push it out to the world and just see what everyone has to say yeah. about how it resonates with them. Yeah. And so, sis, you know, In Search of Freedom, some of that was new poetry and some of that was stuff I had written, you know, over the years, but I wanted it to showcase... Um, in particular, some type of story and narrative of black people. Um, and yes, I plan on writing about a whole bunch of things. Yeah. I plan on writing about love. <laughs> I plan on writing a children's it. book. <laughs> I plan on writing like a young adult book. Yes, you know? I'm here um, for it. I plan on writing way more books of poetry. But right now, with everything that's going on in the world, mm -hmm. with what I've experienced myself, with what my beautiful black friends like yourself and, and my coworkers what they were sharing with me, I said, okay, I want to put poetry that highlights and amplifies the stories of black people. Yeah. Um, and I want to touch on experiences that you had with your parents. And I want to touch on experiences with colorism. So yeah. being dark and how that felt on the playground with people calling you African booty scratcher. You know, I had friends... There's one poem in there, and it's uh, along the lines of, like, you know, Bob was made fun of, and uh, they called him African Booty Scratcher, and he came home, and he asked his mom, what is this about? Yeah. You know, and then it chronicles into him with his, you know, his other half that's a white woman with this beautiful biracial family, right, mm. challenging the notions of how we were made to feel ugly so early. Yeah. Yeah. And how sometimes that's driven us, right, yeah. mm -hmm. to not look at ourselves for love, but forcing us to look out, right? And so that's how In Search of Freedom came, sis. In a, in a short way, I was a black girl that was like, I want to, I do not like being bound. You know that about yeah. me. And so yes. uh, <laughs> the, the freedom part was just like, I want to write some poetry that makes people think about the ways in which we are in bondage. Uh, how we inflict bondage upon ourselves yes. and how oh, other girl. people inflict bondage upon us. So yeah, yes. that's, I could get going all day, but yeah, that was, that was it. COVID made me realize, girl, get your butt up and work. What did Kim K said? <laughs> <laughs> My best friend and I, we laughed about this, but Kim, when Kim K said, get your curse word up yeah. and work, but seriously, like, yeah, for real. No, for real. Each day is a gift. Message to myself. Yeah, go ahead. Message to me, too. <laughs> Message to everybody. Each day is a gift, right? Yeah. Whether we wake up in a good mood or we wake up frustrated, each day is another time. It's, it's more time in this mm -hmm. experience. What will you do with your time? Yeah. What will you create? And that's why I'm always thankful when people like yourself invite me onto platforms because. It is not easy creating something out of nothing. Girl. And so when people like you bet on yourselves and you create these systems yeah. for other people to benefit off of, like, I don't know if anybody's told you, and maybe they have, but I just want to acknowledge you on your platform and say thank you for doing this. Oh, because it is hard to build something. <laughs> it's hard to build stuff yeah. with no applause and with one or two people that believe in you. And creating no your own path, no blueprint. It's no like, blueprint. you can't yeah. do it how they did it. You got to do it in your, your own, own way. way. And so I say thank you because I know it's not easy, and I know it may take you a second, but people are watching you, and you are inspiring. So thank just you, letting sis. you know that, sis. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying to live in my free them, you know yeah. in my purpose you yeah. know and I love that you're living in your purpose like to just girl you know how long I've been saying I want to write a book girl 
<laughs> so just for you, that's inspiring for me. Like, oh, I just got up and I just put it together. I mean, yeah, well, I know. But you did it. That's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Online, I'm like, okay, what are the ways? And I'll tell you, not just me just doing it. Because I hate when people just do, say like, oh, I just did it. Yeah. It's like, well, I was asking you because I also kind of wanted to know what the <laughs> steps were. Um, so the logistical <laughs> part of it was my preacher had put out a book. Oh, okay. And, you know, I had bought a couple copies or whatnot. And it dawned on me to just be like, hey, this man put a book out. Ask him what he did. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about putting out a book of poetry. And I wouldn't even know the first step. My, mind you, there's so many ways. Yeah. Amazon makes yeah. it so easy. Yeah. Um, but I said, hey, I'm looking at putting a book. What'd you do? He said, oh, I went through this uh, publishing company. It's called 48 Hour Books. And at the time, this is before COVID had happened. Um you literally could like submit and pay for your hard copies and the gag was like they would be to you within 48 hours oh really now now okay. it takes a little bit longer than that just because like you know shortages of products and stuff yeah. but girl when i tell you typing things in a google doc and mm -hmm. formatting it and looking up 48 hour books and sending them uh like they made me turn it into a pdf and then i had to email it and then they sent me back the copy the proofs to see like does this look right it's not as it's really yeah not as difficult yeah as just walking in the steps like take step it's by step by yeah and i'm gonna let um, you in on a little secret putting your book out does not mean somebody gonna buy it listen <laughs> I already know. Just even with the podcast, I mean, nobody gonna listen to it just because you recording it, put That's it out the first there. Step. Put it so the book yeah, out. getting that getting that joke of just finish is the first step. Oh, yeah. you think you want to sell? You thought you was, thought you, I was feeling you? Know, it? Was yeah. <laughs> You, look, I, that's probably I've been. It's been on my heart, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to get focused. Yeah. But I think my next steps are once this year kind of plays itself out, is walking more and more people through the steps of getting their books yeah. published and then Girl, promoting them. I can because, be a little training, whatever yes, you need. Yes, no, I really do. I want to help because I think it's not it's not as difficult as we think it is. It is literally just dying to yourself. You know, mm. have you heard the? Um, it's like your fear of looking stupid is keeping you. Yep. What is it? It's a sound on Instagram. But it's true. If you're okay with, all right, not one person outside of my family is going to buy this book, we good. Okay, yeah. If you can tell yourself, I am okay with nobody buying this book at all, I can work with you because you don't have any expectations. Yeah. When you're trying to sell something, I don't mean to say you got to be shameless, but... You can't have no chill about you. Yeah. I yeah, be getting yeah. on people's nerves. I be in people's DMs. Yeah. I, like, I know y'all talk about y'all like me, but I'm like, no. Gotta, hey, did you, did you, hey, did you listen to that? You buy my book? Did you know I wrote a book? Yes. Matter of fact, like, I, you should check it out. No yeah. shame. We'll talk about that next time I come on the podcast. About having no shame about your product. That's not what this is about today. Okay. No, but for real, we do got to talk about that. Because let me tell you, I just be like, mm, I put it out there. I already did it. So oh, if they subscribe, they on here. But no, yeah, I do need to get, I do need to get better we'll at talk that. About it. <laughs> okay. So you have two books. Okay. okay. So what is Identity Crisis about? Like, I, this is the book I have. I haven't started it yet. 
But I just mm. feel like I didn't that title, baby. Like that's that your code. What? What? Yes, yeah, so I'm ready to read it. But tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Identity Crisis. One, I partnered with a, a former uh, classmate. Her name is Edith Wana. Mm-hmm. So Edith is an artist. She also has a I want to say her master's is in like art therapy. Super dope in the Dallas area. Work with her. I have a lot of her pieces on my wall. I can't draw, um, <laughs> and you know I, I'm all about women, and so yeah. I'm like. Pretty much everybody, aside from like working with Rocco and stuff, but a lot of other people, pretty much everything else you see, I'm looking for a woman. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for a woman to do some of the work because I know we just don't get the looks. Mm-hmm. We don't get the opportunities yeah. that um, men get. But anyway, Edith is dope. I knew what I wanted. I couldn't draw. So I said, hey, sis, I got an opportunity for you. I think it's, you know, it's my second book. I want to put more energy into what it looks like uh, because Though the poems were good and In Search of Freedom, I was like, I need my sophomore book. You know, I'll be thinking I'm a rapper. <laughs> but you know, in rapper life, they're like, yeah. the sophomore jinx. So in my head, I'm like, no, the second book got to go. Yeah, hard. yeah, like, it got to come. It got a yeah. big step. <laughs> I need to be like Beyonce. I feel like every album that Beyonce puts out, you're like, wow, you, yeah. you've really outdone yourself yeah. this time. And so, okay. So Edith had designed the cover. I said, okay, sis. She said, what are you thinking? I said, I want her to be half brown and half white. Yeah. I said, because so many of the poems are talking about the uncomfortability of being a black person in white spaces Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out who you are right and so in my professional setting because I do still have a full-time job (laughs) I do diversity equity and inclusion work for a nonprofit, right that empowers and serves kids and I was realizing quickly one that Ooh, these people are living lives different than mine, right? Yeah. I had never really. I went from working in an area that was pretty much all black mm-hmm. to now working in an area that was probably a bit more in leadership, predominantly white. Like I'm the only black person in the C-suite, uh, but then overall a bit more racially racially ambiguous, okay. right? But going into rooms and realizing like, oh, I'm the only black person here or like, oh, now that I'm thinking about race all the time and I have to think about making sure that everyone is represented and treated well and has opportunities, it's making me a little insecure. Yeah. And so when I was writing Identity Crisis, a lot of the themes of that poem are about how we literally have to like tear ourselves apart Mm. at the center. It's almost like a rebirth thing, right? So I was saying like Identity Crisis is like, you have an identity crisis when you realize the identity that you currently have no longer works for your future self. Mm. That's a right it I is. It. Boom. Okay. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And so I was realizing that, like, okay, the way Tony used to do things, like, that's not going to work yeah. if I'm going to be successful here. Yeah. Um, and I'm realizing that so many of my black counterparts that are doing this work or that are even professionals they're struggling. They're yeah. struggling within their racial identity because they're like, who am I? I'm being made to feel like I'm not successful here or I have all my successful professionally, yeah. but personally I'm struggling, right? Yeah. Spending mm-hmm. a lot of time with my beautiful friends. A lot of them have just now started having babies. And so one of my favorite poems is Tiger Stripes. Mm. And it talks about uh, the different experiences. So I'm, I'm comparing the Tiger Stripes stripes to stretch marks. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, so much I think of like society value of women is what we look like. Yeah. Um, and so hearing my friends express the change in weight and the weight loss and the weight gain and the baby and still wanting to feel attractive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like 
so much of identity crisis, I think. I think this one is a bit more centered towards women, like even though you have to the boy who wants to dance, which is challenging our uh, perceptions and limitations on men and how they exist in the yeah. world. I think the vast majority of the poetry does speak more so to the woman experience yeah. um, and that professional of color woman experience, balance being a, a mom and being this professional woman and wanting to rest right but not knowing how to slow down because mm-hmm. your whole identity Girl. is rooted in what you can produce. Girl, I'm telling Baby. you, look, I get myself hype. I'm like, I'm going to go home and read on identity. <laughs> okay, do you hear me? just like I will say right now I think I'm also I won't say it's in crises but it's definitely a big shift like yeah. I'm realizing that okay Tony you're you are 30 now and you're starting to create projects and you're seeing how they positively impact other people mm. so what's next yeah Ooh. um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, girl that one that what's next question just girl and it's so selfish because at the same time as I say selfish? it is because, sis, the beauty of life, I think, is really being able to exist and be present right now. I Girl. said this. <laughs> Look, you want me to say it again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the beauty of life is, is being able to exist and experience joy, like, in the now. Yes. And I was talking with uh, one of my sorority sisters has a YouTube platform. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a broker, y'all, because I feel like y'all would really like one another and be able to build but I was sharing with her how someone that's always like because people will say oh you're such a visionary and that's cool but it's like it's not because you're never content with where you are mm-hmm. yep which means you're always looking for, out for the next for the next for the next be, and it's like be present yeah. and enjoy the fruits of your labor like, I, can't, I need no fruit I need a new yes. crop I need a bigger crop <laughs> you know and it's like Girl, you, who was it? So I'm like currently stressed because I have all these wonderful speaking engagements that I prayed for. And that's another bar. <laughs> I asked God at the end of the year to like, bless, bless me, me Lord. Now I'm frustrated. Yeah. Because I'm getting these speaking engagements and it's like, I'm trying to finish my third book. And um, my mom was like, wait, you want to write another book? And I said, well, yeah, I got to. And she's like, but I just feel like identity crisis like has so much, you know, and and I had to pause because I'm like, what if it's speaking season? Like, what if right now it's time for me to start building it's relationships? It's a time and a place for everything. With identity crisis. You're right, sis. So. It is. And I'm, I'm with you on that joy. That's my thing for this year. Rest and joy. Like, I Come feel like enjoy. last year it was. I struggled with resting. Like, I struggled so hard, like, just to rest. I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so stuck. Oh, my God, I'm not doing anything. And it was like, girl, you need to rest. Like, you have been on the go, doing so much, had a baby in school. Like, Where do you think that comes from? Girl, for me, I think it comes from hearing you don't need to be lazy all the time or something. Yeah. You know, or you as a, as a black woman, you need to work you need to do something like and to me I think just mentally I just feel like I have to be doing all the time like I feel like I was striving so much especially younger trying to again get to the next what's next or find some type of satisfaction or or something or whatever and I think I just picked up that habit of trying to find satisfaction that I never picked up a habit of resting like resting in where I was at and then it was just joy like last year was hard and I talked about this on the last podcast, like 
God was telling me to rejoice. And I just felt like it, it was a year of loss. Like I was losing people to death, life. Every, like it was just like rejoice. What? Like, what does that look like or whatever? And just be joyful. And I just realized like, oh, I have these moments of celebration, but I'm not really living a joyful life. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize like, oh, you're not being in a present because you're always looking for something else to do. Like you're looking, oh, how can I get this and now I'm just making a whole bunch of plans but not really executing on things because I'm always looking for the next and I'm not being present to complete what's in front of me or to be in front of me you know what I'm saying you know because you know you're finna you know that you have a special place we're getting I'm getting ready to talk to you in front of a whole lot of people soon and it dawned on me I keep hearing I keep hearing do the small things do the small things well Tony do the small things yes. well. And it's crazy because people look at us, right? And we and they think they form all these things about, oh, she's so successful, she's mm-hmm. done this, she's done that. I haven't washed my clothes in three weeks. You know, no, but seriously, like <laughs> Yeah, they still like, in the closet, they're hiding still in the, the closet. Clothes. And it's and it's like, you wanna do all this stuff, right? You wanna go all these places, mm-hmm. you wanna be on these stages, you want this audience, you wanna be able to have all this merch. Did you come up with the safe space topic for next week? Mm. Yeah. Did you wash your comforter? <laughs> yeah. Do you have what you're gonna train on for work next week? Like, and did you go wash your car? Like, these are the conversations yeah. that I have been having to have yeah. with myself of like take care of home yes. first. Like Do you're wanting well. God to bless you with all these big grandiose things mm-hmm. that people can see. Mm. But when's the last time you talked with your therapist? Yeah. yeah. This is me talking to me. But yeah. literally, like, yeah. you're wanting to put out another book. What do your savings look like? Yeah. Yeah. All that. Like, all these little things the that process. nobody can see. We the like process. to, we, yeah. again, taking the, the process. processes out. And that's where, it. sis, I think the disciplined folk beat us out in the long run. Mm-hmm. Because while, yes, we're talented, it's more of like a flash in the pan. Because it's like, oh, we're not worried about Tony. Tony gonna be doing that this week, but uh-huh. give her three months. She gonna be, she ain't no real poet. She gonna design a shirt, you know. And not saying that like I can't have merchandise, but I think in order for us to really be successful, it takes us like buying into who we are right now yeah. and doing the small things yeah. well and knowing where we are. So yep. you have been blessed with to be a wife right now, to be a, a mom, and there are just obligations and expectations that you have off point yep. that I don't have at the, just based off of those two things in your life. And so I always challenge people to do the most with what they have, yeah. where they are. Yes. Oh right yeah. Now I don't have other people literally like depending on me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to one, listen to God, but two, yeah. soak it up because I do desire, you know, to partner with someone one day, you know, and maybe have a child and, and I want to be able to give them the best that I can give mm, them at that stage. So yeah. that means at this stage, I need you know, to I work with, yeah, I just want to work yes, on me. That's it. <laughs> that's bills, say, step um, by step. <laughs> on church girl, uh, what, uh, I'm going to love on me. Mm, Nobody like, can judge me. Girl, that, like, but I see her, I, when I know some people don't like that song. I, I love, love that song. <laughs> <laughs> that song is my anthem. Okay, <laughs> love that song. I, I don't know who's right. I don't know who writes for her, but I'm just like you have hit the nail on the head of like where I am in life. Yeah, like, with so many. What did she say? There's a part. It's like uh, 
happy on her happy on her own with her friends without a man you know for a long part of my life and even still I battle with like this feeling like there's an incompleteness to me because mm. I'm not in a relationship yeah. you know yeah. and really putting so much energy into a man coming along and like quote unquote being a savior yeah and I had to be honest with that because I realized that people were perceiving me to be this person that was like oh she she don't care about that she's she got her own stuff oh she's this she's women's empowerment women's empowerment means you don't need no man and, and it's like no and I'm like no Ooh, that's no, not say I well yeah in different ways I need yeah. one but in more ways I just want one yeah and at the same time I realized that being close to people that do love each other and work together they're not coming to save me and that's <sighs> what I had reserved Baby. I was like oh when I okay. get my boo I'm gonna be able to move away from here he's just gonna take me away yeah from yeah that and was my mindset like, too girl it's like no no on your own <laughs> yeah you get yourself together <laughs> Yes, for real though, for real. And I, lo I love that you're unmasking with me. It's just amazing. Yeah. But I no. realized people didn't think I was into No, seriously. I realized that maybe I was presenting myself wrong when people were, oh, you don't you don't worry about those kind of things though. Like I'm having boy troubles, but I know you don't have those kind of problems. And I'm like, uh people hurt my Did you ask? Too? Yeah. yeah like, like, how you know? Did you ask? <laughs> Like I try not to like now I don't be putting people on my social media because I'm just too prideful to have to take it down but I be going through the, the same things that you, I like people just yeah. like everybody else I desire to have someone yeah you know but I do realize that there's a lot of work that I need as well and I am just now coming to the point where and your husband has said this earlier. Mm -hmm. What I was saying and what I was doing, those were two different things. Yep. And so I first realized, okay, girl, you have to start saying like, oh, I, I desire today. Yeah. Like, Speaking I into existence. To partner, yeah. Right? Instead mm -hmm. of like, oh, it doesn't make me no mind. It yeah. doesn't. But then at night, like, Lord, please. Yeah. Give me don't don't listen to what I said earlier. <laughs> listen to what I say to Why you directly. Why are you trying to front for these people? <laughs> yes. Girl, like, no, living your truth. No, no I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that wholeheartedly because people will like put their own perceptions on yes. you or whatever and only because they've only experienced a part of you right you know what i'm saying it's like ah oh, you experienced that part of me but that's not what i'm about like right. you know what i'm saying that's get to know to me, me. Yeah. yes like and i and on the flip side like i can say that like even just being a wife like people just think oh you just love your husband and it's like it's more to me than just <laughs> than just him yeah. like you know i'm a whole person by myself or whatever so it is but i i've learned that oh people gonna think what they think and just let them think what they think i'm still gonna do me you know what i'm saying like because i went on this whole phase of trying to prove like Oh, even though I'm married, I'm still independent. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to do this for the sake of just trying to show people, like, I don't need a man, but I got a man type thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, mm, nah, you can't even be doing all that, especially with the whole, like you said, just, oh, we, I want a man. I don't need a man. And I'm like, no, I need my man. I yeah, do. Yeah. I need my man. That's why I said earlier. Yes, that's why I said earlier. Oh no, I'm dependent. Yeah. I'm very much dependent. Okay, <laughs> dependent over here. Yeah, it's all about I think just being like wherever you are, taking like joy. I think in, in but also understanding <sighs> that like if you desire for something else, like it is okay for you to also like be content being single and also like actively like open yes. to dating and, yes. and receiving. You know, yes. people who care about. Stuff, but. I think we put too much rules on how things should be in in society. Is like, Disney uh, Channel. 
You laughing, but it, I'm serious. Disney Channel had me thinking, baby, in 20. At 22, I'm going to be married. At 24, I'm going to have my first child. <laughs> at 27, I'm going to. And it was like, well, for one, you know, I was in school. At You know, it just, Disney really, I think, pushed us to see women in, in like, one way. It was, yeah. like, a warrior archetype, like, yes. Yeah. Or, like, a damsel in distress needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, women are way more dynamic yes. than that. Like, we so exist. much layers to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know there's, like, just... I know I'm an amazing woman now, but I'm just like, I can't wait to see me at 50. I know, yeah. like, God damn, I'm going to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just so much to us and just the people in general, but I think we put a cap on us. We put limits on ourselves or whatever. So You right. know what that is, though? Which, what it is, is it? we're trying to get to a level of comfort. Mm, yeah, so it's satisfaction, like, okay, yeah. I found a man, whew, like, okay, I did it. And, like, the women that are married are going to tell you, oh, bravo, now the real work starts. Yes. Like, <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> now you're going to have to work to maintain yes. this marriage that you did before God and the law. Yes, and you have like, to oh, steward. Like, I thought I wasn't going to have kids. And it's like, oh, great. Now, now you have to raise them. <laughs> now you have to raise them. <laughs> they don't go away. Like, they don't. <laughs> they don't. At your door 24-7, okay? <laughs> All the time. So it's just like with anything, like you have to steward. That's why my prayer every night, Lord, let me be a good steward. Let me steward well over everything you have purpose, you have blessed me with because mm-hmm. you have to maintain it. If not, the seed can get snatched up. You can die, whatever the case may be. So you just you got to do the work, man. It's just, and we got to stop making it harder than what it is. Like you said earlier about the book, got to stop making it harder than what it is, too. Do you so. think that, like, when we're and I know I've derailed us, but like, oh my girl, we you're, good. you're so wise to me, and it's like to see you and your husband and like the the vibe y'all have for each other, like it's a genuine like, it's a genuine rock. Yeah, like, like I rock with this person, and I can feel it like emanating off of y'all's pores of like, like this my this my boo, this my person, yeah. this my friend, this my homie, this my lover. <laughs> all of that. Do you think that like having a good marriage is a choice? It is. Yes. Do you care, share? I do. And we actually talked about this the other day. Well, actually last night or whatever. And because you hear a lot, oh, marriage is hard. And I'm like, it's not. You may go through a hard period, but marriage is not hard. It's what you make it. And I think some people go through that hard period. They don't get through that hard period or they mm. they don't develop or they don't grow. Um, did you see, did you hear Michelle Obama mm-mm. say that her and Barack Oh, that she didn't like him for like 10 years? years? Girl, let me tell you. I didn't like Jarmel for a year. Okay? It was like a a good year. And that's when we was having our rough period or whatever. And it was like, I love you, but I'm not liking how we, like how we're coexisting right now. Like how we're maneuvering or whatever. But it was our growth and development period or whatever. And I'm somebody that I just can't. I'm not, nah, you got to love me. (laughs) Like, I'm not (laughs) settling for anything less at all. So, for me, we both really fought through that. But I just, I could not imagine, like, going 10 years. I could not imagine that or whatever. she said it with her chest, like, I really didn't like Barack for 10 years. Yeah, I just, even me saying four years is kind of, you know, kind of cringy a little bit. But it's just. And for me, anyway, it was just because we were going through that hard period and I didn't like how he was handling certain things like me being your wife. Like, 
as a husband, I'm not liking how you moving or whatever. But again, that was his, that was both of our individual growth periods. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing like, oh, you in the trenches or whatever. Like, it's like we talked about when you first see somebody or whatever, like, oh, are you impersonable? Are you going to dress that way for the first date or whatever? But like when you seeing the, like the internal work, them doing that, that can be ugly or whatever, but I think it just depends on the circumstances and the situation or whatever. I feel like for Michelle's because of the kids, which you hear a lot of women. Which she did say that. Yeah, yeah, you hear a lot of women feel that when they are married that they're single because a lot of men don't help out. Me and Jarmel are partners. Like, yeah. <laughs> we partner, okay? It's not, oh, I'm doing this. I'm. Of course, there's things like, okay, I'm good at this. I prefer to do this. And there's things that he prefers to do, but... I don't care. I'm loading dishwasher. If I got to go tend to the kids, to go get the, he going to finish it. If he with the kids doing something and then he got to go do something, I'm going to finish what he doing or whatever. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think marriage is hard. I think marriage is good. It's a choice, but you also have to um, let go of your idea of marriage and really cling to how God wants you to be in marriage. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people that's do that. Ooh, that's a bar. I really don't. Cause if we did it, yes. <laughs> For real, I feel like if we did not, we probably wouldn't be married to today. If we did not let go of idea of what marriage should have been, because honestly, we wouldn't. You people go into marriage thinking they are good partners. No, this is the beginning because you're gonna have to learn. Like you're married now, but now you're learning how to be married. That's just wow. what it is. Like I can honestly, looking back, I'm like, yeah, I love Jarmel, but I didn't love him unconditionally. I learned to love him unconditionally through marriage or whatever. Wow, sis, you you talking? One of the things that I've assessed about myself and realized, very mm -hmm. self aware, I will work hard, but I can give up fast. Yeah, here. <laughs> I can give up fast, and it's like at the sign of pushback, it's like, okay, never mind, just throw the whole thing away. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nuh -uh. And so mm -mm. it's been showing me in different ways. I'm like, okay, you say you want to partner with someone, but if they do something to you, you're going to throw them out. Like, yeah. you can't continue to throw yes. people away, Girl. right? And it's like, you're throwing, like, you're trying to clean up your room. It's like, this is too much stuff. I throw it away. Yeah. Um, cleaning out your car, you throw it away. Yep. But when you're talking about building with a dynamic human being with yep. a soul and a spirit and with triggers and with hangups and with hurts, yep. and they do something, you cannot throw... I mean, you can throw them away, but you will forever walk this earth by yourself. Yes. And so as I'm listening to you talk about a hard year, perhaps, of, of y'all's life cycle together, it always makes me think, like, how long could I rely on my love for someone to still stay to see the other side of that yeah. development process. Yeah. And so it's beautiful that you say that because I think so many people get to that hard point and I don't know when it comes, yeah. but apparently it comes. Like yeah. I have heard that from different, you know, people that are married <laughs> that like there is a time period where it does get rough. Yeah. Some people make it out maybe with no clothes on. But they, make, <laughs> but they do come on they do yeah make it come on the, the other side. side yeah and some people they say uncle yeah and they, some people get complacent with it like they just stop like talking this about is it. it like, like this oh, is what it's gonna be if i say something it's gonna be an argument so let me not say nothing mm -mm -mm. you gotta you just have to talk it just it is what it is and i think a lot of times we try to pick what our good this is for better or worse and we try to pick what our worst is i literally Ooh. had like a a moment and i was like i looked at your mouth said oh this is your worst. I said for better or worse. And you're showing, like, right now, this is your worst. I had to really wow. look at that. And I'm like, 
I have to love this part of you. This is what unconditional love is. Wow. I have to work with you to grow and develop with where you That's at in your words. Like, and he had to do it with me as well. So it was just like, oh, okay. But we try to pick what worse is. I thought the worst thing was cheating. Cheating is the last thing that I could be worried about. Like, uh, no, I ain't worried about that. This other stuff that you had to like when you, like you said, your triggers or like insecurities or whatever it is that your God is developing within you. That's the stuff that makes it hard. Yes. Ooh, you, I, I can't wait till this come out. <laughs> I'm finna share this because I love how you even mentioned like infidelity. So much I think of my experience with relationships going south is rooted in infidelity. Yeah. And we never get to what happens when you don't know the person you're with. How does, what does dating your spouse look like? Yeah. What does parenting <laughs> a baby look like? You know, so much of it was just like, oh, they cheated what else was going wrong? Yeah, like, how do exactly. you work on all we, all we hear about is like, if someone cheats, whether we condemn people if they stay, we condemn them if they leave, uh -huh. we condemn them if they're the cheater, we don't condemn them depending on what was happening in the relationship. But nobody talks about that I legit um, came up poor Mm. And so every time you spend money without yeah. telling me, yeah, I'm, I get anxiety. I get anxiety yeah. and cuss you out. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, now I feel like I gotta sneak and buy things. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we're it's not stuff like about, yeah, yeah, they not don't talk about those things. It's just cheating. And then and you it, let it build up. You don't talk about it. It's like, no, it ain't just that. It's, it's just cheating. It's always That's a all root. we hear about. That it's is always a root. And I'm always the person. Let's get to the root of it. The I ain't root. even trying to do that surface level <laughs> stuff. Let's get in the dirt. Let's get in the trenches. Come on, let's uproot it because yeah. it gotta go or whatever. So yeah, girl. Yeah, I just girl. Yeah, that was. But I and that's where we were talking about that last night. I was like, when we do face when another problem does occur, if we're using the tools that we have developed and we continue to develop because we we're doing the daily work, but it's not hard because we're communicating, we're talking, um, we're making sure we using the tools. So when something does happen, we continue to use those tools and move in love. Then we won't have to go through a hard period. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm big on that. I used to say, when you mad at me, you still need to be Move compassionate. Yeah, because <laughs> uh-uh, that's not. I don't do that. I don't do well too well with anger. <laughs> I don't. So, girl, yes, I'm. Um, okay, so let's talk about safe space. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you and Rocco, y'all host safe space, and y'all, it's dope. Y'all should definitely come out because it's so good. Yeah. Um, just talking and being able to hear different I love hearing different perspectives uh preacher dude in back he had me I was I was, I was on his team I was over yeah, there co-signing yeah. with him okay <laughs> but safe space is so dope I really do think if y'all listening y'all should definitely come out and wake up um how does safe space come about like what was y'all thought process how did that go yeah so for me it was like I would I would be up here anyway because I would come and eat the food box and <laughs> even in general like I would be up here sometimes yeah. I'll just come up to the shop Rocco was cutting my hair you know I would interrogate his customers and then we would have this hour long conversation <laughs> and then if they would come in and I wouldn't be here they'd be like where the, where the, where the ball girl at where the, you know and so it was like I was Checker Fred I'm, I'm the female version of Checker Fred off of Barbershop right everybody's entertainment and so one day it was a Sunday and Rocco was just kind of thinking, he was trying to think cre creatively and strategically about 
ways to use his space better mm-hmm. and um he was like it would be really cool if you know we could just have conversations up here and i had gotten some to eat i was uh talking to someone at the time there were a couple friends up here and the football game the tv was on the football game was on and i was just like i don't i can't remember what i brought up but something random of like i don't know why guys do this yeah and we looked up and <laughs> Got it, it was an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes and it was just really this round table talk and i think rocco took a picture of it he put it on the internet and he was like we should do something we call it like safe space you know safe space Sundays you know we just have conversations and so I mean literally sis overnight it was like all right we're gonna start meeting on Sundays and then from there we just had a couple like three or four people outside of Rocco and I we would eat our food from the food box and then we would just talk yeah and then it evolved to me coming up with specific questions (laughs) and then having an actual like safe space Sunday topic yeah and we were utilizing Instagram to kind of like promote what we were going to talk about and try and draw in you know some new people to have conversations and um, it just has really taken a life of its own, but the original creation of the space is really just a safe space for real people to have real conversations, you know, about real topics and to build real relationships. And that's what we're doing. You know, we wanted a space for young professionals. Um, we wanted it to be a safe space for everyone, but in particular, young professionals of color, um, in particular, black people to be able to come and, yeah. uh, to communicate, to congregate, to exchange ideas, resources, access, um, and to just grow and nourish one another another over a meal and over conversation yes i love it and y'all are doing it i'm so proud of y'all i really really am like i wish i was in dallas so bad uh, <laughs> i wish i was in dallas so bad too but that's a, that's a whole other story look i'm gonna tell you that off the air but um yes <laughs> i think i think it's so dope and it, well this is like what my second time coming yeah, or whatever yeah. but just when rocco talk about and mind you before safe space me and rocco like because we had we shared the same best friend um Fenicia or whatever uh-huh. and we will talk like we would just stay up when Rocco comes to like the kickbacks we used to have or whatever we would just be talking and just divulging about different things or whatever so I love that y'all are doing this together and being able to bring different people out or whatever and just to create a safe space for people because a lot of people don't have safe spaces a lot of people don't even know how to create their own within themselves which is going to bring me to my next question um like why do you feel that you know safe space is important for people to have like just even if it's not within you know um a community but just you know individually why do you think it's important for people to have safe space like a safe space for themselves i guess you can say life is hard and covid made it even harder Mm -hmm. and uh covid messed us up socially um where it did empower some of us to think creatively which i will say i did i'm one of those people that benefited from that time that downtime from covid um because it gave me time to think about what i wanted to do next and it put like a little battery in my back and reminded me that i didn't i don't have the time that i think that i do Mm. um to create the opportunities and and to do the things that i truly desire within me so that's one but safe space um People are sad. Life is hard. And while, yes, some of us have church and while, yes, some of us have parents and while, yes, some of us have best friends and siblings and and other communities to push and pull from, there are a vast majority of us. We don't have those systems. You know, we talked, we touched on a little bit today, you know, certain generations, they're not buying into church to meet certain needs Mm -hmm. anymore. And so I've all. 
my vision for safe space as a collectively yeah um is so that people can meet and organize and come away fulfilled and encourage and exchange ideas mm. and resources almost like a a think tank or uh you know all these the business models will put a lot of names on it but me just making sure that we're together and yeah. socializing we talked about uplifted. people not being islands and and god did not intend for us to yeah. be in seclusion yeah um but then individually if we can actively model community care and love which is what Rocco and I are trying to do with safe space is what he's trying to do by leveraging his space to have multiple people in here working and to have the food box where people can get food and allowing me to facilitate safe space yeah. on Sundays and other people to utilize this space for community building yeah I think that it will encourage us to then look inward and, and mm. give care and love to ourselves, right? Yes. And knowing that Tony is going to come in here sometimes with an attitude, y'all know me, I'm fine. <laughs> Moody Judy. You can see me Monday through Wednesday and I'm this person and then Thursday through Sunday, I don't know. Yeah. It just, we not here. Depending on the day. Depending on the day. That depends on what Tony you're going to get. But also like, it is just important for us to slow down and take time to care for one another. Yeah. And we're not going to be able to heal. And I think as a people, mm. black people have been able to derive such joy and pleasure from congregating. Yep. And we used to congregate in the church service because that was the only place we could congregate. Yep. Yep. Now that there are multiple avenues, yes, I'm always going to encourage people to keep God at the center and have their own faith-based spiritual customs and cultures at the same time. I want to create safe spaces worldwide so that people can just come together yeah. and feel seen, heard, loved, encouraged. You know, in our professional setting, they will call them employee resource groups, um, which I'm working on that in my job. But yeah, it's about taking time for yourself and laughing or just coming in and listening and just being in community with other people and just letting the energy of being around other people just move you yes. and guide you and remind you that you are alive, you do exist, and you mm. do matter. And somebody cares about you. Somebody loves you. Okay. I don't know if it's everybody in here, but somebody, <laughs> somebody in this group you can reach out to, which is why, you know, we've taken it a step further. You know, we have our group me, right, where we're going to try to uh, disseminate information faster and yeah. wider. Yeah. I don't know where we're headed. You know, so many people will say, like, what's next? And yeah. Like, I don't know. Mm -mm. But we I right love here. that because it's it is it really is authentic. Yes. And so the banquet has pushed, you know, me to start thinking further of like, okay, what do we need to make this experience better for other people? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where we're headed. I just know, I know God where is we, working where you and at? moving and yeah. I know where we are right now. Yeah. And, and it's good enough for me, whether there's three people here or there's 30, I have always come away on a Sunday feeling fulfilled and inspired and motivated for the week. Yes, I love that. I do. Letting your light shine. And I'm going to help your light shine, too. Come here with <laughs> a dim light. Your light going to come out. Yeah. Bling, bling, <laughs> bling. Okay. Shine a light on <laughs> Okay, so outside of safe space, like before you created this safe space, what was safe space for you? Like, like how did that go about? Like, what was your safe space? That's a good question. I think my safe space is really just sitting and writing and reading. Yeah. To be honest, like, you know, I'm an only child. And like, so I naturally tend to do a lot of things by myself. Um, but yeah, reach, feeding my brain. I love to read. Mm. I love to take in information. But I also love to spend time with people just in small settings. Yeah. And the more that I was spending time with people, I was realizing like, okay, Bring LaRonda, me joy. <laughs> LaRonda feels the same way that Rocco feels, but I wonder how I could get them in 
one room because yeah. they probably would benefit from knowing one mm-hmm. another. But like, I don't know how to do that without being a weirdo. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, safe space for me, I think, is just spending time alone, reading and writing. Yeah. To yeah. be quite honest. I think I found, like, because I have, I'll call it my brave space because I feel like I being vulnerable and transparent, you have to, like, be brave, you know, to do yeah. that. It takes courage to do that or whatever. So um, I think... I've always journaled or whatever in it because I feel like, okay, can't nobody find my journal, so let me just go ahead and put it in. (laughs) Can't nobody find my journal or whatever, but um, podcasting has become a a way to just release, even if I don't put it out or whatever, like just being able to do that. Of course, my marriage, um, but therapy as well. Like I'm able to really just be completely naked and just you know this is my space to just be if i want to cuss cuss you out cuss this person out whatever it is what it is you know what i'm saying like this is my space to do that or whatever so yeah i think that's where my safe space has been but i don't think like i ever looked at outside before journaling i don't think i ever like just even had a safe space like um outside of my friend group you know i think as a young kid, I think my safe space was when I first started playing basketball and like running okay. track and stuff. Like, cause I'm with my people, or whatever. But outside of that, I don't think I ever had a safe space or anything. Okay, yeah. So I will say I've been in therapy for about three and a half years, and yeah. that is a, a time that I intentionally a lot to be real and raw. And I think you know you didn't ask me this, but I think the social worker in me, mm-hmm. even though we're not doing therapy as safe space it was realizing that for those that can't necessarily afford to see a therapist who can actually like give them skills and strategies. Yeah. Um, what is my gift? Like, what can I gift people with? Yeah. That's not therapy, but also will like fulfill some, some need or desire yeah. within them. And so I love that you bring up journaling. Um, I journal as well. Yeah. Probably non-traditional. Like sometimes it's stuff that I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's scriptures, sometimes it's a poem. Um, but I, I do journal as well. Um, not like as consistent as I would Girl, desire. Either. But... I know. I'd be like, Oh, I'm gonna do it every day. Girl. <laughs> not happening <laughs> you're like dear diary everyone had me messed up today <laughs> oh that is so funny that is so funny okay so how can people well you kind of talked about how people can join and i was going to ask you what's next for say say but you already said you don't know besides <laughs> the banquet uh-huh. hey. yeah the banquet is on february 26th at 4 p.m the palladium tickets are on event right now and they're going super duper fast and we're on the street is we're going to have like this really cool podcaster and biblical counselor on a panel that I'll be moderating. But I don't want to like, you know, put too much out. Just that's yet, me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's me. Yes. I'm excited. Like, like I told you, I feel like that was God ordained. And mind you, I did. This will be my second time speaking publicly. Okay. Outside of the podcast. Like my cousin asked me to, um, to come speak at his church like as a as a guest or something and i thought it was going to be like informal but it was very much formal and i was like i'm not a preacher so i was like super nervous it's like you want to extend i said nah i'm I'm staying right here at the bottom i don't want to go up there whatever but i felt like i just did horribly but i told you i mean i said you know what this is a stepping stone for the next time like god did this for me to get out there for the next time that was like a couple years ago so when this happen because i was going to reach out to rock i was like y'all want to bring safe space to dallas or something like how can we do this together so when he called me about it or whatever i was like oh my god like this 
this is God. Like this is God yeah, working yeah. this out or whatever. Be be yeah, okay. And it and I was literally it was literally on my mind and I was like, I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him and I never did, but he called me or whatever. So <laughs> I'm like super excited. I'm prepared. I'm ready, like Let's go. Let me get it get it ready because I'm ready this time or whatever. Yeah. So I'm super excited to be speaking on the panel and like safe said, space. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. Like, I think this banquet now, mind you, this is Rock. The banquet was Rocco's brainchild. <laughs> I wanted us to wait a little bit, while, a little bit longer. But I am excited that, you know, he's really given me the push to like get it yeah. going and. Um, I'll be doing some poetry and then, of course, moderating the panel. And I'm super excited about uh, the four panelists, you being one of them, because although all of y'all come from different like backgrounds, the passion is there. Yeah. And um, it's going to be really chill. Like we're going to be seated. People are going to be fat full because we're going to do it after they eat, which mm -hmm. means that's going to relax them. But it's not, it's very much going to be like a family gathering. And I'm excited because I think there's just going to be a lot of networking that's yeah. going to occur yeah. um, out of this. I think this is the beginning of something big. You know, oh, yeah, we just got to hang in there and keep creating, like Rock always talks about, creating spaces and opportunities for people. Like, we just have to hang in there, listen to God, and just keep listening to our friends and creating opportunities for our friends yeah. to do the things that they're good and that they're passionate yes. about. Yes, I'm so for that so i'm gonna i'm gonna put the links i'm gonna drop the links in the show Wonderful. notes so um i'm sending your instagram the the My link website. for your book yes like, <laughs> the event yeah, <laughs> all space space. it's all yeah. gonna be in the show notes y'all so get y'all tickets buy my girl book um because y'all know y'all need it y'all need to get in some freedom and y'all need to identity <laughs> crisis we, we all need it okay right. okay but it's gonna be healing so i'm so thankful that you came on here of course and unmasked with us like i love it i love Thank it you for allowing me to be real and authentic and, and vulnerable seriously. yes yes and the conversation was dope i love it girl yes this is okay but thank y'all for tuning in i can't wait to unmask with y'all in the next episode love y'all bye